Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. No way I can let another day go by without shouting out the home team, Cleveland Indians. 21 game winning streak. What y'all doing right now? Keep it going. I was about to say it's incredible, but I want to I want to come back and do another video when y'all got like a 40 game winning streak. No pressure. No pressure. I get it. The Cleveland Windians is what y'all name gonna be soon. So you might want to trade. I might want to trademark that so I can sell a couple T-shirts or something. The Windians, that's, that's catchy. Like, it is. I like that's that. Bad. What's good? <laughs> Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. You're looking at the best team on TV, and you just heard the best player in the world marveling with the rest of us as we watch the best team in baseball put together the best winning streak many of us have ever seen. We'll put 21 straight into perspective straight ahead, and coming up a showdown between two members of the 400 Touchdown Pass Club along with whether Russ's club should be worried that he hasn't signed their extension But yet. we begin with these Windians. Uh, don't worry, Cleveland fans. Uh, your team, let's just say today, they kind of knew uh, what you were here for, right? Uh, the Tigers, uh, they hit the Indians with a rock, and Cleveland responded with a boulder. Jay Bruce with a three-run shot that put Cleveland up 3-1. to one. Roberto Perez added a solo home run, and Lonnie Chisenhall, well, you're going to see in a moment this very nice catch. Uh, that he had to end the game. Uh, American League history made here today. Uh, many Indians fans on hand. So here comes that catch right there. See, put a little exclamation point. When the sun's shining, everything's rolling. I'm saying everything goes right. Uh, but uh, in case it bears repeating, the Indians, they have now passed the 2002 Athletics for the longest win streak in AL history. And here's another fun fact. You can repeat at parties about this streak. The Indians have actually hit more home runs during this streak than the total runs that they've allowed. Here's Terry Francona on the win. I, I mean, I think they're enjoying themselves. I, they should. I mean, they're, you know, they're, I think what's kind of cool about our game is when you do things and you do them the right way, like hitting streaks or, you know, I think it means more when you're, not going out of your way to, you know, like with a hitting streak, somebody hits 3-0 and when you're down five runs. And our guys are playing the game to win the right way. So that part's really meaningful. Um, you know, they, they, they should enjoy what they're doing. It's, it's pretty special. Well, everyone talks about, you know, the streak and being consumed with it. What consumes us is the daily, you know, kind of schedule and game that, you know, we have to, we have to get ready for. Um, I thought we were playing the Royals today. <laughs> now, the bosses have told Pedro Gomez that he is not to leave the Indians until they lose. So, Pedro, maybe you should think about getting an Ohio driver's license at this point. But real quick, I want the Indians fans to cover their ears because here's a stat that might hurt. No team that's won 20 or more in a row has gone on to win the World Series. So with that being Small said, <laughs> Pedro, how do the players think that this streak will correlate to the postseason? You know, one of the biggest reasons they think that that's not really 
a factor here is because they're playing such good baseball, like you heard Terry Francona there say. It's not like they're going out of their way to do something special. They This is just a byproduct of the way they play the game. They don't think there's going to be any correlation once you get to October. But in terms of the streak... You always hear baseball players trying to play it cool, like, no, I don't even know. I don't know. How many games have we won? Well, these Indians, they know. We're aware of the streak, but I think what, what we're doing right now, we're just going out there, having fun, and, and compete. And, I mean, our, our starting pitching, I mean, it's been unbelievable. And, uh, I mean, what can I say? I mean, that's – I'm excited. It's fun. You know, it's definitely fun to show up to the ballpark right now. Uh, I think the last thing anybody wants in there is an off day. Um, but you know you can't you never take anything for granted in this game whether it's a five game winning streak uh, or you go do something crazy like this and win 21 straight. Today was probably the first day I kind of crept in there because it's uh, gotten a lot of attention now. We're obviously at 20, we're going for the record, and uh, you know it's kind of passing the hot potato. But I mean we're setting the standards each time we go out there, so then each starting pitcher follows suit with those standards. It's something cool to say. Um I've been winning for three weeks in a row. Um, something special, something that uh, is in the history books, and we're blessed to be part of this. And we thank the fans for showing up every day. Now, one thing to keep in mind here the Kansas City Royals come in for a four game streak. Wins number two, three, and four of this 21-game streak were against the Royals, a three game series right here at Progressive Field three weeks ago. And the Indians outscored them 20 to nothing. Another little point, Andrew Miller, maybe the best reliever in all of baseball, <laughs> scheduled to come off the disabled list tomorrow and be ready for these Royals. Yeah, this streak is anything but fluky, Pedro. So you hear that word, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Shout out to Confunction. You heard that a few times uh, you know, during those locker room interviews just now. You're talking about an organization that came into this season, obviously losing in heartbreaking fashion in the World Series. So unfinished yeah. business, if you will. You have an organizational title drought spanning decades, and yet they're in the moment enjoying this streak. You're embedded with this club. What are you seeing in the clubhouse pre-game, post-game, and just your interactions with people in the organization, how are they able to balance expectations, being good, talking heads, talking <laughs> about whether it's ever going to matter without a World Series versus just living in the moment with the day-to-day? Is it Terry Francona? Is it certain players? Who's driving this fun bus? It definitely starts with Francona, but I can tell you this, though. In the corner of the clubhouse, over by Jason Kipnis's locker, Michael Brantley, who's also injured right now, there is a shrine to Joe Boo, Remember Joe Boo from oh, the movie man, Major, Major League? League. <laughs> they have absolutely, they, you remember that was the Indians. They have Joe Boo rum, which is a thing, by the way. Joe Boo statues with the cigars in their mouth. Oh, okay. Well, that and they kind that. of pay homage to it every day. So there you go. <laughs> so it's not about these great starts. It's about paying homage to Major League. There you go. Love it. All right, Pedro, thank you so much, man. Get comfortable. You might be there for a while longer. Uh, the Indians, excuse me, the Windians streak started back on August 24th. And has included sweeping two different doubleheaders. Shout out to Ernie Banks. Since this run started, every other AL team has lost at least eight games. They got seven shutouts in this streak. That's more than 14 teams. The 21 straight wins, of course, tied for the second longest streak in the modern era with the 35 Cubs. Only the 1916 Giants, and yeah, we know about the tie, mm-hmm. have posted a longer streak. That team, of course, finished fourth in the National League. That means absolutely nothing, though. This is present. Pass is not prologue. Tim Kirchner is here in the present. You're in Boston for tonight's A's Red Sox game. More on that in a minute. First, Tim, though, let's talk about the Windians as LeBron dubs them. Rank this winning streak against 
other streaks from a historical perspective? How do you put it into context? Well, Michael, it's certainly the greatest, most dominating streak I've ever seen a major league team put together, and I've covered baseball for almost 40 years. But it's almost by definition, when you go back to 1935 and you don't have anything like this, no one's ever seen anything quite like this. And they've outscored their opponents by 104 runs in 21 games. That's absurd. The last team to have anything close to that or like that is the 1939 Yankees, which is one of the greatest teams of all time. They had a run differential of plus 411, the greatest run differential in baseball history in any season. So we're only talking about teams that played in 35, (laughs) 1916, 1939. That just tells you the magnitude of what's going on here in Cleveland. Now, Tim, you've been around baseball long enough to know that a lot of times how you play in September doesn't exactly translate to October. So what have you seen from the Indians club that leads you to believe that what we're seeing now from them might translate into some postseason success? Well, I think they had the best team in the American League coming into this season Mm -hmm. after getting Edwin Encarnacion as a free agent. They really bulked up that lineup. And their team right now is demonstrably better than the team they had at this time last year. And now you throw in... 21 consecutive wins. Then you throw in Andrew Miller, the great secret weapon that they have that really nobody else has in the American League. It's amazing what this team's done. And then you add in, say, Jay Bruce. Terry Francona told us that he went to the GM, you know, three, four weeks ago and said, when are we getting Jay Bruce? He was kidding. And the (laughs) next day they got Jay Bruce. That's how it works for the Indians this year. And they'll roll into October as the best team in baseball. And they're rolling along with several key players missing as you mentioned. All right, to the Red Sox now, where you are. Uh, Doug Fist is on the mound tonight. After Chris Sale, what do you anticipate the Sox postseason rotation looking like, Tim? Well, that's unclear at this point. Drew Pomerantz has got to be in there. He's 15-5 and five with an ERA well under four. But Doug Fister is the interesting guy now. He's basically been their best starter for the last four times out. He's been really good, 1.50 ERA. They also have Rick Porcello, who's had a difficult season, 17 losses, but he is the reigning Cy Young winner in the American League. And David Price threw today in a simulated okay. game here at Fenway. I watched him. I don't anticipate him being in the rotation in the postseason. Maybe he can help out in the bullpen, but it's really important to see how Doug Fister finishes this year because he's worked himself into the conversation for maybe being in the postseason rotation somewhere. All right, Tim Kirchner in Boston. A's at Red Sox coming up at 7 Eastern after the 6 right here on ESPN. Smooth segue, but staying in New England. 0-1 New England at 0-1 New Orleans on Sunday with the Patriots looking to avoid starting 0-2 for the first time since 0-1 and two games under 500 at any point in the season since starting 1-3 on October 13, 2001 when Tom Brady had just taken over from Drew Bledsoe. And Drew Brees was less than a month away from taking his first NFL snap. Time flies. 38-year-old Brees talked today about he and 40-year-old Brady still having fun and having a lot left. If I can use we in a sentence with me and him, I'd say we probably both have the mindset that we want to change the norm for what is possible in regards to um, how long a guy can play and the level that they can play at. And um, Listen, there's a lot that goes into that. You, know, you build a team around you of people that, that, that continue to help you um, be in the best position to succeed um, in regards to what you do for your diet and your rest habits and your recovery and your training and and everything else.
All right, Jamel, according to Elias, this will be the first matchup in NFL history. Windians making history. We see history Sunday in NFL history of quarterbacks with 400 career touchdown passes. So something that doesn't come along very often. Both guys not so great, though, in the openers. Who do you believe in more to bounce back in week two? Well, Brady or Breeze? First, is this a must-win? Prettiest supermodel. Is this a must-win game? No, Doug Baldwin. It's not a must-win game. You know. <laughs> I just wanted to not check. 0-1, 0-1, yeah. right? Um, I think between the two is, is Tom Brady. It, it, look, the, as great as the Saints offense can be, and despite – maybe some awkwardness that's going on, or maybe it's not going on between Adrian Peterson and Sean Payton. I mean, the Patriots have a more complete team. Um, and <laughs> The defense didn't look that much better than New Orleans. It did not, but I, I guess between the two, uh, it's hard not to put more faith and trust. And I know Sean Payton is no slouch as a coach, but it's hard not to put more faith and trust into New England. You said something after they lost. Uh, to oh, him. you were listening? What I said? was. I was one of the rare times. Yeah. You said something, and it, it, it took it rooted in here about New England, about how sometimes coaches almost, they don't love to lose, but they like to use losing as such a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. Like, it goes a long way. And I think for New England, they were so disappointed and I think shell-shocked by how they performed in the opening game that I expect them to be extremely motivated to correct the course against the Saints. Yeah, Tom Brady in particular, you say, you know, you wouldn't like Tom Brady when he's angry, but, you know, that's his secret captain. He's always angry. And he seems truly embarrassed by how they But he's always angry. He's always on edge. So I I, I know what you're saying, and not to mention they've had extended preparation time, having started the season on Thursday, to fix a lot of things, whereas the Saints are coming off the short week having played on Monday night. But that said, Saints at home, and the Dome does not mean the home field advantage that it once did, but... It's, if I'm going to pick which of these quarterbacks I think will have a better game, uh, you know, with, with all due respect to Brady, I'm going to go with Breeze because the Patriots' defense just looked devoid of playmakers. And it, and it pains me to say that because i got so much respect for Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick so, and their so you, ability that to fix problems. I'm not saying it's not fixable. I just don't know in a week against New Orleans. This ain't right. the get-right game for them. <laughs> I think this is a, a work in progress beyond just an extended week with a Thursday night game. So if I'm looking at which of these quarterbacks, which of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks, gets the better of the other, obviously they're not guarding each other or defending each other, but who has the better game? I'm going with Breeze at home. And again, I told you going into the Monday night game. Adrian Peterson is an afterthought, okay? He is right. not the story in that backfield. Alvin Kamara. He was the primary running back. I, I see a high-scoring game, and I see Alvin Kamara, Kamara being a weapon, that rookie running back out of Now, Tennessee. you're not just saying that because he's on your fantasy team, are you? No, okay. not at all. Of course no. not. And I'm not just saying it because I'm from New Orleans. Uh, Hell, I grew the, up in New England, <laughs> practically. As the, as the Texans are figuring out their quarterback situation, looks like they'll have to figure out their linebacker situation, too. The NFL has announced that Brian Cushing has been suspended 10 games without pay for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing substances. It is the second time Cushing has violated the league's policy, and if he were to receive a third suspension, he would be suspended from the league for at least two years. Now, Cushing was already one of five Texans players in the concussion protocol after getting hurt week one against Jacksonville, all right? Also in the protocol, all three of Houston's tight ends. And Houston has already listed seven players as out for Thursday's week two against Cincinnati. We bring that up because, listen to this, effective immediately, the CFL, Canadian Football League, is banning full contact practice in pads during the season. Teams were previously allotted 17 such practices during the regular season, but those have been eliminated. The CFL will still be allowed full contact practices during training camp, but that's it. Additionally, the league is moving from two to three bye weeks per team each season. Then... The NFL, of course, allows 14 padded practices over a 17-week season with one bye, all right? Now, Georgia Tala, 
spokesperson for the NFLPA, he tweeted Jamel this afternoon that this is a, quote, interesting development. Is this the future of professional football? Um, I'm not sure about that just yet. Obviously, we've seen the NFL make a lot of changes, and it's been mixed reviews. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that blame maybe the rate of injury, blame the rust, blame the fact that the game isn't always a smooth watch on the fact that they're they're not able to practice as much or practice as physically as mm-hmm. they once did. Now, you can certainly argue, and I think you, you can argue this um, very soundly, that the way the NFL used to do things, that's not necessarily the answer either, that there's got to be a happy medium. I can't remember which college, but I know it's a college that does the same thing in terms of how they're limiting. Um, I had it right here. Go ahead. Uh, in terms of how they're limiting. Well, the Ivy League is the banned Ivy full League, practice. That's what yeah, it was. Full uh, contact practices. Yeah. That they've banned full contact right, practices. I remember that. I guess I just don't know. Uh, and I don't want to be one of these people uh, that is ignorant to what these players are going through physically. But at the same time, there is a part of me that wonders, well, could that be the reason at some points why we do see more injuries? And if they're and if they're not used to the contact or if they have less time to learn how to tackle appropriately, what kind of dramatic impact that could have. You're on talking the game. and thinking like a coach right now. And that's why a lot of coaches are certainly rolling their eyes at this. And, and right now, and Kevin Seifert points this out on .com, that the NFL CBA, it limits teams to 14 padded practices during the season, 11 coming in the first 11 weeks of the season. Those teams are not required to use them all, and some actually don't. So we've already seen an evolution as it relates right. to contact, both in the offseason and during the season. And that frustrates coaches to no end. Because they're like, how am I supposed to prepare a person to play football, be a physical football team, and we can't be physical in practice? That's an old school mentality that's going to have to evolve so to answer my own question is this the future professional football in north america yes i absolutely believe it is or else football is going to go away permanently if it's going to stick around long term i'm not talking about five years i'm not talking about 10 years i'm talking about long term it's going to have to make extreme evolutionary steps to truly take care of the players you can't just give lip service right. to player safety and not say this is there's a reason why georgia tyler tweeted that there's a reason why he said this is interesting because it's something that they have got to consider and even even, more, even moving forward, they got to consider whether they're playing too many games. Yeah. You know, whether, whether they need to go back to 14 or 12 games. I think all of that's on the table if you're going to preserve the health of the players like you claim to want to do. Well, but is there room for a little more compromise in terms of the evolution? Because the other part of this, okay, it can evolve into what the CFL is doing and maybe even go to where the Ivy League is going. But then if it makes the product worse, then I how think that's that on those same consumers? coaches that's rooted in their set in their ways. Those same coaches, it's a challenge. But you got to figure out how to coach them up, how to figure out how, how, to, how to teach guys how to tackle, how to perform without having in-season padded practices. It sounds impossible, but the alternative is to keep beating people up and beating up these guys' bodies. And the players, that's yet another thing. But now they don't have to wait to the CBA to right. negotiate these changes. This is health and safety. But that's another thing that when you're talking about drawing a line in certain places, it's not just money. It's not just Roger Goodell's autonomy. It's got to be your own protection as well. Mm. All right, Russell Westbrook, speaking of money, signed a 10-year extension with Jordan Brand through as long as the 2025-2026 NBA season. The deal will also include both on- and off-court signature sneakers and is the most lucrative endorsement deal for a Jordan athlete to date. Yours truly, as you know, has got the sweetest deal for members of the media, but I digress. <laughs> Today on The Jump, Ramona Shelburne talked about the available extension with the Thunder that Russ has yet to sign. He's willing to commit to Jordan, but not to the Thunder? Oh, sorry. I gotta be like that. That is, I'm telling you right now, like that is the uh, story in the NBA. Like Everyone you call mm-hmm. is saying, why hasn't Russell Westbrook signed that extension? Well, Thunder be concerned?
yes, they should be concerned. Why? And look, I, I know what I know. Russell, especially once Kevin Durant left, he has been positioned and depicted as the hero. He's the guy who stays. He sticks out the commitment. But much like a lot of players are doing these days, despite the fact, uh, and understand these are not two mutually exclusive things. He could leave the Thunder and still love everything that he uh, accomplished there, love the fans, love the city. But he would be doing himself a disservice if he did not look around and take his time in thinking about this, regardless of whatever emotional connections remain there for him and OKC. This is not about, and I know, especially in markets like OKC, they, they tend to take, uh, the fans tend to think, uh, take these things personally. But this is today's NBA. Players are all about putting themselves in the best position to win. It's not necessarily about loyalty to city or mm-hmm. to team. It right. is about loyalty to can I win. And you know how Russell Westbrook plays. There's no half speed for him. He wants to be in a position to win. Not saying it can't be Oklahoma. Well, but I don't, that's the thing. I don't blame him for looking around. But that's the thing. You look around and there's a lot of green on the table. But tell me where the grass is truly greener on the other side well, from a competitive know. standpoint. What if, him and Russ, what if him and LeBron go to L.A.? No, it's possible. And maybe he wants to keep his options open. But I don't think the Thunder could be concerned, should be concerned about the fact that he has sign the extension because it's not going anywhere and he's not going anywhere in the short term because if you're Sam Preston, your organiza- that organization, you know that you've done everything possible to make Oklahoma City viable for Russell Westbrook to win. Nobody, nobody outside of Sam Preston's office saw him pulling a rabbit out of his hat on a tra- with the trade of Paul George. Yeah, nobody saw Kevin Durant leaving either. But here's the thing. Kevin Durant didn't leave because he couldn't win in Oklahoma City and I knew you were going to bring up Kevin Durant, which is why I'm ready to go in on that because I and many others had an issue with Kevin Durant leaving, not because of a player taking the control of his destiny and deciding he wanted something better for himself. It was the notion that he could not get it done in OKC. And there's a, a, a subtle yet distinct difference between can't and didn't. They didn't get it done in OKC for a variety of reasons, but it certainly weren't for lack of mismanagement. And as I've always said, it goes management, money, marketing, if you're really about winning. For some guys, it's money, uh, management, market. Okay, right. So I don't buy this idea that Russ has eyes on L.A. How many years have we been talking about Russ having eyes on L.A.? But it's a different LA? L.A. This is not the same L.A. We don't know from, what it is. They got a lot of buzz around. They, they got young talent. We know they talent. have a blueprint Paul now. Paul George may be ticketed for there. And they have credibility now. In sure. terms of, so we know that. We know their management is finally in order And look, I never bought into the fact that Russell Westbrook wanted to go to L.A. just because he loves fashion and he wants to be in a bigger market. As you know, and LeBron has proven, the players create the market wherever they are. I think this is truly depending on what other basketball conversations and text messages are taking place because we know all these players are recruiting each other. All right. I think he's going to look at the situation and L.A. may very well be one of those situations. I also think this Jordan brand extension, their, their whole their whole marketing campaign. And I know people have broken their word before, but the whole marketing campaign has been about people staying, okay, and and, and taking subtle shots at Kevin Durant for leaving. I can't see him being two-faced in that regard and pointing the finger at somebody else and calling him a cupcake and then pulling something something of a similar act, not quite the same thing. This would be different. different, Russell, your deal is up. You're a free agent. You can. Bottom line is this. Most people can't explain Russell Westbrook's shot selection or his shirt selection. His decision not to sign it, only Russ knows that, and I don't think we can get inside that guy's head. All right, let's take it or leave it, Jamel. The New York Post's page six spies report that Odell Beckham and Russell Westbrook had a dance battle. Hope it was to beat it. Last Wednesday, (laughs) well, no, Wyclef performed. Maybe he did perform. Beat it. Of course, Odell set out week one with that high ankle sprain. 
Take it or leave it, that's a bad look for Odell. I'm going to leave it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Unless this, if people are saying it's a bad look uh, because they feel like somehow he could re-injure it or this could have some impact on his availability, that's just ridiculous. Unless this was like the house party dance-off where he's flipping over his leg or something crazy, Mm -hmm. I don't understand why this is a story. All right, I'm going to leave it to because I refuse to do the Miami boat thing again. All right. right. Like <laughs> right. people have talked about how much this young man loves to practice. If he were able to practice, he would have played. He tried to go before the game. Anybody that believes that a dance battle, okay, is, is as intricate as these dances are with these kids nowadays, right. that a dance battle versus going out there, running, cutting, taking hits is the same thing. You don't, this doesn't even deserve the time we just gave it. So let's go ahead and move on. All right. Uh, I can't tell if Hugh Jackson was just trolling us, but in his news conference today, the Browns coach called Joe Flacco, one of the elite quarterbacks no, in this no, league. Mike, take it or leave it. <laughs> I'm going to take it. No, take it. I'm going to take it. Really? You got to consider the messenger. He used to coach Joe Flacco. Yeah, well, Wouldn't that also Michael. make him biased? Exactly. Oh, okay. That's I'm taking it right. in context. Oh, I'm taking it. You understand? I'm having it both ways right now. Okay. And now here's the thing. You, he may not be elite as we define it, but how many people got one of them things? Right. How many active quarterbacks got one of those? He had an elite postseason run. <laughs> yeah, he okay, did. so you know what? I'll take a ring over whether Michael or Jamel thinks I'm elite any day, so I'm going to take this. Okay, so you know how you often call e- – I'm leaving this, by the way. You yeah. know how you often call Eli Manning – he has a Hall of Fame said, resume. Yeah, but not a Hall of Fame but player. But not a, a Hall of Fame player. Right. Flacco, to me, fits that bill. I don't even know if he has a Hall of Fame resume. No, not just with a Hall of Fame, but in terms of, like, he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's perfect for this organization. Okay? Yeah. And he's, and you're right, you can't take anything away from him for his money or his Jackson rank. is loyal to the guys that he has coached. I'm loyal to the process. ESPN.com's infamous NBA rankings <laughs> have Joel Embiid, Ranked ahead of all NBA, was he second or third team, Isaiah Thomas? All NBA, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Take it or leave it. Uh, I gotta leave it's this. What? I gotta leave this, Mike. And you know, I, I need you to talk with your head, not your heart, right I, now. I love him, B, right? But I do think the player that Isaiah Thomas was last season was a better player than who ah, Embiid was. Projections. This is okay. projection for this year coming up. Right. Well, look, I'll say this: even projecting going forward. I know what everybody wants Embiid to be, and he will probably be that, but I got to give Isaiah a little bit more. It's no disrespect to be behind Joel Embiid. It's no disrespect to say you're worse than me. It's just something <laughs> just are. They just are, which is not saying much, by the way. Joel Embiid, do you know that the Sixers' defense was number one in the league with him on the court? I'm taking this. Is it not obvious that I'm taking this? What do you Clearly. Put, my pick? put it on the screen. Of course I'm taking this. All things process I take. This guy, if healthy, has the opportunity to be a future Hall of Fame player. He has that kind of potential. He can be a perennial all-star. And he's got a better supporting cast? What's the thing about Isaiah? Love him. Health. Defense. Defense. You got that. You got health with Embiid. Bad luck. Not defense. Yo, what up, y'all, man? There's no way I can let another day go by without shouting out the home team, Cleveland Indians. 21-game winning streak. What y'all doing right now? Keep it going. I was about to say it's incredible, but I want to I want to come back and do another video when y'all got like a 40-game winning streak. No pressure. No pressure. I get it. I've had my own 27-game winning streak in the NBA before. It's a lot of pressure winning every night, man. But what y'all doing, inspiring the youth, showing you know the rest of the MLB what it's about, man, to come back after a, a devastating loss, you know what I'm saying, in the, in the – um, in, the, in the championship rounds, man. So, you know, 
big shout out, man, for y'all to come back the way y'all playing right now from what happened in the World Series. So commendable. Keep it going. Cleveland Pride, man, the land, the Cleveland Windians is what y'all name gonna be soon. So you might want to trade. I might want to trademark that so I can sell a couple T-shirts or something. Put uh, Francisco Lindor, uh, Lindor's name on it. Hey, Cisco, I need one of those jerseys ASAP. But uh, nah, man, for real, congratulations, man. Y'all keep going. All right, and uh, I'll be to the ballpark and see y'all soon. Uninterrupted. Does LeBron's enthusiasm about the Indians mean he's more likely to stay or go? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue in cheek. Shout out to Uninterrupted. Is anybody going to interrupt the Cleveland Indians winning streak up to 21 games after today's 5-3 win over Detroit? Get this. Cleveland starters during this streak have gone 19-0 with a 1-7-0 ERA, while the Indians have outscored opponents 139-35. Maybe the biggest development of this game today is that they actually fell behind. <laughs> One nothing in the first, but they came back to take a 3-1 lead on a three-run homer by Jay Bruce in the bottom half of the inning, and that is all she wrote. Here's Terry Francona. Tito, I'm curious what you think, whether the 26-game win streak without a tie, the 1916 Giants is the record, or the 1935 Cubs, the 21 streak. What do you consider for the streak? I wasn't there. I know. I have given that zero thought. I promise you, I've given it no thought. And Eduardo Perez, we hear that. Have you given it thought? <laughs> I, I wasn't there also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fred Kona says they haven't given it any thought. The players have been pretty relaxed about it. But from a player's res- perspective, when you have a 21-game win streak, and LeBron kind of alluded to this a minute ago, the pressure seems to build every night in terms of the expectation of you uh, to win. So how do you as a player – how does a win streak this large of this magnitude, how does that kind of infect your mind a little bit? You know what's interesting about the Cleveland Indians? As a player, you think, okay, if you put a little pressure on yourself, there are other players that are coming up to bat, and they are doing it for you. It's been a different hero, it seems, in Cleveland. Every night, and you look at the pitching, the pitching has been there. It's been strong. Everybody thought as soon as Andrew Miller went down in, in, in August, August 21st, against the Red Sox that this team was going to go down. They lost two straight games, and then after that, they haven't looked back, and it's because of their pitching. It's been there from the get-go, and it's allowed their hitters to continue not only to hit home runs, to take the extra bases from first to third, to have the timely hitting, and as we see right there, Mr. Perez going straight away center, you can't you can't call this. This yeah. is a different hero every night. It's not just Francisco Lindor. It's not just the Ramirez. It's everyone putting in their two cents into this team. Yeah, it Eduardo, seems like the pressure is working in a good way for them. Exactly. Eduardo, to quote Joe Clark from Lean On Me, <laughs> or paraphrase, I should say, the Indians uh, don't fool around with it. They do it expeditiously. I say that to say that the Indians have outscored their opponents. Check this out, Eduardo. 64-12 to 12 in the first three innings during their winning streak, right? So, spinning this forward, though, the 17 starting pitchers they're likely to face the rest of the season have combined for a 4.87 ERA this season, scheduled to face one starter with an ERA below four, and is scheduled to face six starters with an ERA over five. All that's to ask you this, recognizing the randomness of this game and that this streak can end at any point for any, any reason, how long do you think they can take this thing? I think they can take it until they clinch. Let's put it that way. Magic number right now is four. So you look at what the, the Minnesota Twins do tonight. They could go down to three. If they clinch, 
they win, I think their starters overall will get that day off, and this is where a Kansas City Royal team that will play them this weekend I think will probably get a win. I think that will be good for the Cleveland Indians so they can focus now on trying to get the best record in that American League, sustain it, and be able to have that home field advantage. So I, I see it that way, the way that the Indians have played. I think you need to give those stars a rest and if you lose, so be it. The bottom line is you have to get back to the World Series, and this time not just be the bridesmaid but win it. All right, Eduardo, we appreciate it. We'll see you at the top of the hour for Red Sox A's. You got it. All right, with all due respect to Mayweather McGregor, the real fight of the year is Triple G Canelo. Here's SportsCenter All Access. This is the biggest boxing match of the year. It is Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin. It's a special fight. This is two great champions. It's war. It's not coming to fight. No, it's not a fight that they wanted, that they wanted. It's going to be a very interesting fight, interesante, competitive, and they're going to enjoy it. How's the press tour been going? It's very busy. started at ESPN campus. We had probably did like five miles going all around there yesterday. Up and down the stairs. It was nuts. Our next guests are part of arguably the biggest fight of the year. He is the biggest money fighter in boxing right now. Do you need to knock him out to win? If I have chance, I did it. He's chance, he did it. We have Canelo and Triple G in studio. Are you coming out perfect or is he coming out with another name on the wall? I don't know. I'm not gossip. Yo creo que no va a llegar a la distancia. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us on SportsCenter. Canelo Alvarez, Triple G, Oscar De La Hoya, in the house with Stephen A. I will be in attendance for this one. I have no doubt that both of y'all are going to show up ready to rumble. Good seeing all of y'all, man. Golovkin is in the neighborhood, man. First off, welcome to the neighborhood, my brother. Thank you very much. Now, you have a twin brother? Yeah. And yeah. that's your twin brother. Yeah, that's my twin brother. Can he fight? Yes. I'm not messing with him either. Do you love all the things that come with a big fight like this? Right now, this is my job. Gracias a Dios, ya terminamos hoy, pero estuvo... Estuvo un poquito pesada, más que nada por los vuelos, pero... It's finally here, September 16th, the middleweight super fight between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin. Yo, I wish I could have been at Murray State practice to watch Bishop Woods get married. You promised to have a solid answer for what are you thinking about at least 50% of the time. Do you promise to share in her joys, relish in her success, help bear her struggles, and defend her causes? Do you promise to remember that he's a funny, smart man that has friends that love him and want his time as attention? 
you promise to remember that he chose to spend his life with you, and he chooses to share his heart with you, and he chooses to build a future with you. By the power invested in me by the Universal Life Church Ministries and Murray State Football, I now pronounce you man and wife. You may kiss the butt. Consider a wedding spot these days. Ah, that's beautiful, man. I'm not mad at them. That's beautiful. That's real love. That, that's what, that's, that union's going to last. Now you... Uh, God has joined together. May no man put us under. I'm sorry. That's my ministry day is coming out. You know, I, I got an say, awful grandfather, you, pastors. You, I married my brother-in-law. Yes, I did. did. It did might have been Universal Life Church Ministries. <laughs> I still may be an ordained minister. Hint, hint. That's kind of scary. Hint, hint. <laughs> the vows were the best part though. Yeah. Promises to have an answer for what are you thinking? And we had to edit it for time. He's like, promise to know what you want to eat when he asks. The, that, the offensive line coach Brian Hamilton, the real genius here, right in trademark. You know, I reject that. Men think that women don't know what we want to eat. I don't understand this. No, you know what you want to eat. You want to order something and you want to eat off of my plate too. What's wrong with that? Congratulations. Caitlin Myers is the beautiful bride. Speaking of congratulations, congratulations to Jonas Stillman, the 18-year-old the Vikings hired to serve as a Gen Z advisor mm. to help them better connect with their young fan base. See, we better be careful putting him in doing too much because he may be running a team one day and we may be looking to him for information. That's an awesome gig, but you know the best way to connect with your young fan base? Sam Bradford connecting with Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. You mean to win? Dalvin it's That's just that I'm simple? Saying. That's all I'm saying. Young people like winners. I'm hating. I'm not young. I don't know why. Oh, why? Because you didn't have a job that right. great. <laughs> exactly. So Steve Smith is no longer playing football for his job. And one day he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But he got this little five-year window that he's got to wait for. But come to find out, of the 108 Modern Era nominees, Steve Smith is one of them. But not that Steve Smith. It's the one that played with the Giants. Ooh. Back in the day, he was That's pretty me. good. Yeah. He was pretty good for a second. Not how and, fame oh, and more important, he went to USC. Thank you, Jasmine. He went to USC. So <laughs> not quite a Hall of Famer, famer right. but yeah, he was pretty good. So well, jumping the gun a little bit. Why the Hall of Fame can't get it together? Well, we got it together. Remember Steve Smith Sr.? He's in our Hall of Fame. He is in the DTM Hall of Fame. And I think that's all that matters. Exactly. Like, forget about the jacket. We're what matters. Uh, all right, ESPN's NBA rankings continue to stir up a lot of emotions um, from current players. CJ McCollum tweeted, we need to start ranking these journalists I'm here for with this. descriptions of their strengths, weaknesses, and ability to make up quote-unquote sources. I, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm here for this. Really? I, matter of fact, open invitation to CJ if you're free. I know you're kind of dabbling in the media. You're welcome to come and do it because I'm confident in the way I'm going to land. I, I did my top five. Did, did you do a top five? I did not. You were a little busy today. It goes <laughs> Dylon. No, it goes me, me, this is a hard one. Me, me, and then sneaking in at number five, yours truly. See, absolutely. I can tell you my strength. I, they are no weaknesses. So I can just spend no, no, this time no, talking some weaknesses. Beer game is impeccable. No, Caroline. No, no. Diction. Look, grammar. And y'all the video. Take athleticism. No, that's I not beat athletic. Chris Johnson in a forty-yard dash. With a nine-hundred-yard head start. Would you trust the journalist that. that did that? Hey, I can, Would I, you trust a journalist? I seize the moment is what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> Would you trust That's somebody who did a hybrid soldier boy energy, slash, I don't know charisma, what that is. Knowledge. Nah, connections. that's not charisma, Mike. Did I mention looks? Come Look. on, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Top five, dead or alive, right here. <laughs> I don't know where you at on the list. You're shameless. You dropping by the day. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had a great day by myself. Tell the people who had I a good day. I had a great day. Tell the people who else had a good day. <laughs> All right. Of course, Serena Williams, she had a great day. She introduced the world to her baby girl, Alexis Olympia Ohanian Jr. Can a little girl be a junior? Uh, it's, it's Serena. She oh, yeah. So who cares? Um, so she said she was born September 1st, weighs 6 pounds, 14 ounces. Hope 
we'll see that six onesie on her at some point. Awesome. I think once upon a time, Serena was on Law & Order. SVU. She was, SVU. Isaiah Thomas, let me show my man some love. He tweeted about being in an upcoming Law & Order episode. And a fan tweeted at him, so you went to Cleveland to make TV shows? Because people do they hate. And he replied, yep, and win a championship. I would contend that if you met Mariska Hargitay, my man, you have already won a championship. Hi, Mariska.